This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Science. 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 Now, Science with Simi. Eureka! I'm Jody Vanson for Simi Sarah. It's a new year and a new decade. And to mark the occasion, SpaceX has begun a campaign to launch thousands of new satellites into space. The project is known as Starlink. It's aiming to offer high-speed internet access from space with the goal of connecting remote areas to the rest of the world. Now, there's a lot of excitement surrounding Starlink, but there's also been a lot of criticism from astronomers and astrophysicists who are concerned about what these satellite constellations mean for future observations. Dr. Dave Clements is an astrophysicist from Imperial College in London, and he says that the satellite constellations present two major issues. First of all, from the optical side, these satellites reflect sunlight. Um, It's kind of like having something at the top of a very tall mountain, 400 kilometers high, uh, which can reflect sunlight. These satellites will reflect light over maybe an hour or two before sunrise or after sunset and will present themselves as visible moving dots on the sky. These, and there's going to be a lot of them, these will be a foreground, so something that we, that, that you observe with a telescope between whatever you want to see and the Earth. So depending on what you're, what you're observing, uh, and this is the case for large area surveys such as the ones that are going to be done with uh, telescopes being built at the moment, and some of which are in Canada, like Dragonfly 2, uh, and some are in Chile, uh, the Large Synoptic Survey Telescope, for example, uh, aims to observe the entire night sky every five days down to very sensitive levels. And obviously, if you've got this constellation of satellites flying in front of the universe, which, which is what LSST wants to observe, um, then they will get in the way, they'll give you false detections and will muddy data and make it difficult to see the things that LSST is actually trying to detect, which range from potentially hazardous asteroids that might hit us all the way to some of the most distant objects in the universe. So it has a potential effect over a very large range of scientific topics on the optical. Dr. Clement says the other major concern is the issue the satellites present for radio astronomy. Radio astronomy is the subfield of astronomy that studies celestial objects at radio frequencies. Dr. Clements is concerned that the radio frequencies from these satellites will overpower the frequencies that the astronomers are observing. These satellites, since they're going to be providing internet service anywhere on the planet, obviously have to communicate between somebody's handset and the satellite itself, that will be done through radio, and between the satellite and ground stations, again through radio, and from one satellite to another to pass data around. And all of that will be potentially detectable by radio telescopes, uh, and obviously since these are man-made bright sources, they're going to be a lot more powerful than than the radio sources that we're actually interested in. And whilst there are a range of very small frequency bands that are protected for radio astronomy, uh, modern radio telescopes 
to get to the sensitivities that they need to reach use much wider bands than that. And some of the currently relatively unused for commercial purposes space that radio telescopes are working in will be occupied by these these new satellites. Um, and the details, the implications for that are really not quite clear yet because it will depend on what the transmission, the communication method they're using is. Uh, a lot of artificial signals from radio uh, communication satellites at the moment are very narrow bands so you can filter those out but because you want to give high speed internet access using these devices to potentially lots and lots of users uh, over a large area of, of the surface of the earth you'll be using what's known as spread spectrum techniques which mean that you'll be broadcasting over a much wider range of frequencies than than conventional systems so the implications for radio astronomy are quite bad. Dr. Clement says that for astronomers and astrophysicists, one of the most shocking and frustrating parts of these satellite launches is the lack of consultation from companies like SpaceX. There's a number of threats uh, to different branches of astronomy, um, which really have not been fully assessed. As the, the, I believe the president of the company that's uh, putting these satellites up was quoted recently as saying uh, when talking about problems that these satellites present for astronomy we didn't really think of that this is actually characteristic of uh, your, the Silicon Valley mindset of move fast and break things in response to this criticism, companies like OneWeb and SpaceX have said that they plan to work with international astronomers to minimize the impact of these satellites. But Dr. Clements actually has his doubts. Well, there, there are several different companies doing this, and I, I know that OneWeb is trying to take a rather different approach. They haven't launched anything yet, and I know that there are some discussions taking place, and they, they do say a lot of... Um, positive words about being responsible users of space. Um, I can't say that there's much evidence of that on the SpaceX side. Uh, they've, um, in the most recent launch, which happened uh, just a day or so ago, another 60 satellites went up. They've painted one of these black to see if that can change things with the uh, reflectivity issue. Um, Speaking as somebody who's got a, a bit of experience with uh, spacecraft engineering, that's a very strange thing to do. It changes the thermal characteristics of the satellite completely um, and may bring other problems. Now, they may have modelled that, but they're not saying anything about that. Um, and you know, one out of 180 satellites, they finally decided that they're going to try and do something post hoc. It's really not, not enough. Um, they say that they're, they're, they're tra taking the Silicon Valley attitude of, oh, we'll fix it in, in release 2.0. Well, that might work if you've got a slightly buggy um, connection or uh, um, something that's not displaying right on your mobile phone. But these are satellites that are going to sit up there, the 180, sorry, I should say 179, because one of them's painted black. Um, are going to sit up there for, for several years, causing a problem whether the black painting works or not. And so release 2.0, which might be black satellites, if that solves the problem, I, I actually find it unlikely that it will. Um, release 1.0 is still going to be up there for a long time. 
causing problems. So, yes, they're, they're, they're really doing too little too late. And they should have been talking to us uh, a long time ago and should have been thinking about this as a problem. But if SpaceX had been paying attention to all of this, they'd have known that there was a problem. It would not have come as a surprise, and they would have thought of it before launching the satellites that they've already launched. So the goal of SpaceX's Starlink program is to have a fleet of 12,000 satellites in space by the mid-2020s. So will the company and astronomers be able to reach a compromise by then? Stargazers will have to, well, keep looking up to find out. I'm Jody Vance. I thank Claire Allen for putting together Science with Simi, as she always does. Great research, great interviewing uh, there.